It's Friday, which means Jenna Harna is back on Locked On Steelers. We're going to talk all things Steelers, Bengals. We'll talk about the offense a little bit. Can they get going this game? That was the, that was something that the Steelers really didn't have to have in their first win over the Bengals. What it'll take to get going there and our predictions on all things this week. Again, Chris Carter here on Locked On Steelers podcast with Jenna Harner. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. If you're watching this video on YouTube, hit the like button in the video if you enjoyed it. Hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel to get all of our daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Simply Safe Secu- Home Securities with Fast Protect Technology. Exclusively from Simply Safe, they have 24/7 monitoring agents capturing evidence to accurately verify a threat for faster police response. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Visit simplysafe.com/slash/locked-on-NFL to learn more. As I said, Jenna Harner from Channel 11 is back on the show. How you doing, Jenna? Chris, I am wonderful. What a wild week it's been with all Ooh. the Bills and Browns news, and them moving the game officially, and all the snow, but. We have a lot to talk about in terms of the weather here and it being a cold one for Steelers Bengals on Sunday as well. Certainly it is going to be a cold one. And I think that's going to be interesting because now we'll get to see the the Steelers defense uh, or the Steelers offense, excuse me, you know, after a week where they established the run, they ran for over 200 yards against the saints. um, And we got to see how that, how that team was going to work then. But we also got to see at least a little bit of efficiency from from Kenny Pickett at times. He didn't throw a touchdown. He didn't, you know, light the light the Saints up, but he didn't make the the he didn't make the bad mistake. He didn't throw the te- the bad interception. And he did connect on on a deep ball to Deontay Johnson. And now there's the sense of can this offense actually take a step forward or was that just a shot in the dark against a really bad team? If they win this game though, Jenna, I think there's a lot of projections change about this season. They'll have swept the AFC champion Bengals. And they'll be they would be four and six, but I think as much as the defense, and we'll get into them later in the show, has to play really well. The offense does have to show that they've taken real steps forward here. You're right, and I think that is we saw glimpses of that. Obviously, with them getting the run game going, with the way that they utilized both Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, I know there's been so much conversation about that. But with Najee Harris able to get going, the ability for both of those guys to have solid days for Kenny Pickett again. To not make that mistake, I think that's really a huge thing here because the game that they played Sunday is pretty much, I think, what we expected this team to be like this season, where it's like, look, the offense needs to be efficient. They need to be able to march the ball down the field, and they need to be able to put points up. No one was expecting this offense, whoever was under center to start this season, obviously now with Kenny Pickett, but no one was expecting this offense to be the Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills, any of these teams. People were expecting it to be, okay, you're going to be an efficient offense, and the defense was going to be a big 
aspect of what this team was built on this season. And I think for the offensive performance we saw, and again, it was a glimpse, but the fact that you can get the run game going, that Kenny Pickett had a solid day, a smart day, and that guys like George Pickens were getting more involved. I think those steps forward are going to be something, obviously, this team looks to build on, and it can be something they look to build on against the Bengals, where it's like, hey, look, we did all of this well. This is going to be something that can continue, and we can we know the recipe for success lies in these areas. Uh, certainly, and, and I think that there's – Pat Frymuth said earlier in the week, you, we got to run the ball more like that. If the Steelers can run the ball, quote-unquote, more like that, I think it puts them in a position to have the balanced attack that they knew they needed to have this year because they don't have the offensive line strength to just bully teams all the time with their ground game. They don't have the chemistry or the experience in, a, in, a, in their quarterback with Kenny Pickett to just throw all over everybody every week. You might get hot with either one at times, but your best chance at being consistent and having decent production out of your offense comes with being able to, to be balanced, come catch people with play action, be able to show more synergy. And like, you know, last week, this time, this time last week, you know, Matt Canada told us, you know, hey, I expect Najee Harris for a breakout game. That's sort of happened. I'm not sure if Kenny Pickett has a breakout game this week, but I do think there's a chance to kind of for the Steelers to kind of set a good tone for him um, if they if they've actually found something in the run game. Uh, one thing to look at for for this week, the Bengals, they don't have you know the league's worst rushing defense, but they're kind of bottom half of the league right now they've given up 118.8 yards per game on the ground that's only a little bit better than the saints at 130.5 on on the ground um you know i I think that there's a chance there that if the steelers can catch the Bengals a little off guard with some of their 12 personnel packages which i talked about on the wednesday episode this week going over the importance of putting extra tight ends on the field what it forces the defense to honor in the passing game and in the run game I think there's a real chance to catch this defense off guard and give your young offense, uh, your young offensive players a chance to set a good tone for the game. Absolutely. And I think it does kind of stem from the offensive line. And we heard Mike Tomlin talk about that earlier this week, too, about how, you know, they knew, you know, we, we that was such a big theme coming into this year. But they knew that there was going to be so much attention directed towards them because a lot of them are young. A lot of them are new. It was a really revamped offensive line. It was a different look than what we've seen in years past, just in terms of the personnel and in terms of the fact that these guys hadn't played a lot with each other. And Mike Tomlin said, you know, one of the biggest aspects of the cohesion that we're really starting to see more and more of is the fact, you know, and of course there's going to be mistakes, but is the fact that these guys simply are just getting more reps alongside each other. And you're seeing guys like Chooks Okorafor and James Daniels really starting to mesh. And you need that in your right guard and your right tackle. Those types of situations where, you know, these guys kind of are getting that chemistry. And that was something we were going to talk about. Now we're a little past the midway point of the season and you're seeing growth in those areas. And that's a really good thing. Now I'm not saying it's entirely incredible and that this is the best line in the, um, the best yeah, line like that. The NFL. No, absolutely not. But you're seeing steps you want to see. You're seeing progress and something to be also be said. I can't remember off the top of my head. There's maybe one, but in terms of the offense and pre-snap penalties, I think there was only one last week. I believe yeah. if, if any. I think I think you are correct when you looked at when you, when I looked back at that game, 
Um, I, I do believe that's it. And that's a big sign of progress. That's something that Pat Meyer said they were going to focus on on the bye week. And it seems like at least for one week, it, it did it did come through for the Steelers. Yeah, and it's one of those things, too, you can't let it continue. That's the biggest thing is that, okay, you know what the recipe towards success, not entirely for success because there's so much more that this offense wants to accomplish, and we heard that from Mike Tomlin and from a lot of the players this week. But you know what at least worked to get you through that game, that it's like, hey, we can pull on these areas of, hey, our run game looked really good here. Here's how we recreate that against this Bengals team. Hey, our pass game, we were able to get that deep shot to Deontay Johnson. And it's been interesting, too, because there's been some analytics people in the NFL world that have put out kind of charts in terms of offensive efficiency Mm. with all the key wide receivers. And Deontay Johnson is literally one of the most open players in the entire open receivers, I should say, in the entire NFL. No, I, I, I think that we've seen that, and I think that's yeah. going to be huge to see if the offense can take advantage of that. Again, I, I don't think the biggest problem that the Steelers have had on offense, a lot of people have just kept saying Matt Canada, Matt Canada, Matt Canada, and sure, he hasn't called the best plays at times, but I think the biggest problem is they haven't been able to connect on some of the basic things. Also, you are right. I just did a quick search. There was only one uh, procedural penalty on the Steelers' offense, and it was an illegal formation when yep. Kenny Pickett changed a, a play in the fourth quarter. Yep. Uh, but it, that, that, that's a very, very good uh, swing from the things that the problems they were having earlier in the season. But also, I want to touch on this before we go into our, our pick segments. But uh, Minka Fitzpatrick being a full participant in Thursday's practice is a very good sign he'll play. Now, I've been saying all week, I think he was he, he's probably going to play because you hear Mike Tomlin's optimism. Minka Fitzpatrick's a guy that wants him to come back. I, I do think it does seem like he's going to play, Jenna. I know that Minka's still saying that he's question, he's, he's technically day-to-day and all that, but this is a guy who he was, you know, he was pushing to try to play last Sunday, and he's, you know, he's out there in full participation. Demonte Casey's talking about him. Um, I, I, I'm talking about him looking like he's back to normal. I, if he's out there, Jenna, and this Steelers defense is able to play at the level that we've we've been waiting to see because and, and just seeing them be healthy, I think that's also a boost to the offense, knowing that there's not as much pressure on them to put up as many points. Yeah, well, let's go back to week one when they faced this Bengals team the yep. last time, and look what happened. First play from Joe Burrow, first throw, I should say. Minka Fitzpatrick picks six. Like These are the types of plays that you expect, and I think having – that full complement of a defense if Minka is good to go. And obviously with TJ Watt being back and not having a lot of limitations on his end, this defense can thrive the way that we saw them thrive against the Bengals week one. I mean, Alex Highsmith as well has been playing phenomenally. He recorded two more sacks. He's, I believe, fourth, tied for fourth in the league in terms of sacks. Um, But, I I mean, it was so funny going back to Minka for a second. It was hysterical because we're on the field pregame on Sunday against the Saints. And I'm, you know, looking to see kind of some of the guys do warm-ups pregame, some of the guys that aren't going to get in the game, you know, some of the scratches are out there working. Some of the guys that might be game-time decisions, quote-unquote, are also getting some work done. And next thing I know, I look up and I see Micah Fitzpatrick on the field. And I'm like, hold on a minute. You had an appendectomy yesterday, less Mm -hmm. than allegedly less than 24 hours prior, and you're here on the game. And then Mike Tomlin, of course, saying on Tuesday, hey, you know, Minka wanted to – you know, was trying to say, Hey, can I play on Sunday? And so that just shows you the type of hunger that this guy has and how much he wants to be out on the field. And of course, obviously you're going to listen to doctors and make sure he's cleared and things along those lines, all those procedural things before he does get back out there. But this is a very good sign that we could see pretty much the healthiest this Steelers defense has been since the last time they faced this Bengals team back in week one. 
certainly we'll get to that matchup again in the third segment here as we preview everything and get you our full predictions but next up our picks for the entire week and we update you on the pick'em league and where we're at but first we got to talk to you guys about tommy john this episode is brought to you by tommy john and if you're getting stuck in black friday crowds that's super uncomfortable but shopping tommy john's black friday sale from your couch that's super duper comfortable in tommy john underwear you're that much more comfortable so you can do everything better when you give your loved ones tommy john they're that much more comfortable so they can do everything better better tommy john's breathable lightweight fabric has four times the stretch of competing brands and they come with a no wedgie guarantee that's thanks to a non-rolling waistband and legs that never Ever ride up. Plus, they feature a horizontal quick, quick draw fly. T- shop for Tommy John's Black Friday sale right now and give the gift of comfort to everyone on your list, including yourself, with brand new Tommy John underwear, loungewear, and pajamas. Shop Tommy John's Black Friday sale going on right now and get 30% off site wide at tommyjohn.com slash locked on. Again, that's tommyjohn.com slash locked on for 30% off everything right now at tommyjohn.com slash locked on again tommyjohn.com slash slash locked on see site for details Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm Chris Carter. She's Jenna Harner. It's time to do our weekly picks on Friday. Now, to fully update everyone, Jenna's still up on me by a game. It's fine. We're gonna. We're fine. Chris isn't d- d- deterred. We're going to make progress here. This um, is a tough week ahead. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie there. It's it's a tough week, but Jenna currently sits 24th in our Pick'em League on ESPN, Locked On Steelers Pick'em League. There's two over 240 of you all participating every week. We thank you very much for playing with us. Uh, she ranks 24th. I rank 34th. She has 87 wins. I have 86. But at the top of the list, we have three people tied for third place in Emily D. Cagliari and Double Yoy. We have Gridiron Man in second place with 93 wins, and we have Yappin Yinzer all alone in first place with 95 wins. Yappin Yinzer's been been leading the way all season long. We'll see if that continues with the picks this week. As always, we skip over Thursday Night Football because this is the Friday episode, but let's talk Bears, Falcons, 3-7 and Bears at the 4-6 and Falcons. Justin Fields seems to do everything, and it still goes wrong for the Bears. I have to think this is the week they finally get a win with him putting up numbers. The Falcons, they've gotten some wins that i didn't think they were going to but i don't i think this is the week where they give one of those wins back they're not a good team just like the bears on a good team but justin fields puts the bears over the top the bears defense has to be there for this their quarterback and for what he is doing justin fields is putting that team on his back single-handedly i pretty much would say yeah. i mean the offense is obviously contributing too but justin fields is really coming into his own, and you ha- you feel like this is going to be a wild game, but that this one just has to fall the Bears' way. So yeah, I'm going Chicago too. Ravens host the Panthers, six and three Ravens, three and seven Panthers. I mean, come on, the Ravens are going to smack these guys up and down. Yeah, it's the Ravens. There's just no question about that. Were they on the bye last week, or did they play? I believe they were on the bye last. Yeah, week. the Ravens had the super long bye because didn't they play Thursday and then right. they didn't play? Yeah, so yeah, the the Ravens. There's no question here. The yeah, Panthers. They're, they're, what they're, are they even doing? Right. They're coming off a bye. That should be the challenge. Now, all right, three and six Browns at the six and three Bills. Now, this is the game that has been moved to Detroit to play at Ford Field because there's expected to be three to six feet of snow. I, I loved the memes of everyone showing like a chipmunk running under the snow and you and seeing like the snow. And they're saying that's going to be Nick Chubb and Devin Singletary breaking loose downfield uh, if the game were to happen in Buffalo. Uh, Jenna, the snow is crazy. Um, and even now this is going to a neutral site. 
I don't care. The Bills, they're mad about losing to the Vikings last week. They're going to smack the Browns up and down the field. Yeah, if this was going to be shades of the 2017 Bills-Colts game where it was snowing like feet by the hour, I have friends that covered that game, and it was just unfathomable to hear them talk about it. And obviously when I moved to Buffalo a year later, hearing everybody tell the stories of that game and seeing the footage of that game is insane. If it had been snowy, if there had been any sort of weather playing in this, I would have been a little more intrigued because obviously the Browns have a better run game. No, this is going to be indoors at Ford Field. The Bills are going to win this game and win it by a lot. Yeah, same here. Like again, if it was if it was in that snowstorm, I actually might have thought about the Browns because that that that's right up their alley, and the Bills yep. don't have a rushing offense like that outside of just Josh Allen taking everyone on by himself. Yeah. Uh, but that that being said, Bills winning there. Commanders five and five at the one seven and one Texans. Washington got a big win over the Eagles last week. I think they keep riding that wave and they beat the lowly Texans. And they're riding the hot hand, too, in Taylor Heineke because Carson yes. Wentz was available to come back this week. Um, and, you know, obviously a tough call there, but not entirely a tough call for head coach Ron Rivera, who says, look, we're sticking with the guy that has the hot hand. This team seems to really have rallied behind Taylor Heineke, and especially this is kind of that perfect scenario. They're playing the Texans. That's what's going to happen. The Washington Commanders, regardless of what else happens, they're going to win this game. Eagles eight and one at four five and one Colts. Jeff Saturday is one and zero as an NFL coach. I'm sorry though, it ends here. The Eagles they lost a tough one last week. They're going to be on the road. I think that they're going to uh, they're going to be a problem for the Colts in this one. I I don't care what Matt Ryan runs for anything like that. The Eagles are finding a way to get a win. The Eagles are going to be mad, and uh, the addition of Nadama Katsu, my God, could yeah. that have like fit the Eagles any better? That just made them – they were already scary, and that made them that much scarier. Yeah, I'm going with the Eagles in a beatdown. AFC East showdown, the 6-3 and three Jets visit the 5-4 and four Patriots. This is vital for both teams' playoff hopes because that AFC is tight with 6-3 and three and 5-4 and four teams that are, that are fighting for position right now. The Jets have been more consistent, though. I like their defense, and that's why I'm picking them to win on the road. Typically, you almost never pick the Jets to win in Foxborough. But, Jenna, do the Jets win on the road or do the Patriots make a homestand? This one is so tough for me, and I go back and forth. I think the last time I checked the line, it was Patriots by three, which just basically means that they're you know at home. That's basically what that yeah, odd, those odds are saying. I go back and forth because, you know, it's really hard to beat a team twice, and obviously the Jets didn't look great, and Zach Wilson's been in. Their defense has been good. Both of these teams, I believe, are also coming off of a bye, or at least the Patriots are, and the Patriots coming off of a bye is what's saying to me, I think they're going to win this game. I don't feel confident in this one at all, and it's still a toss-up to me, but I'm going New England. All right, there's our first split of the week, and also, yes, both teams had a bye last week, uh, so that'll that'll be interesting to see. This This one, you know, it's a little disappointing because the Rams just aren't good this year, but they're three and six. They're going to the Saints. Did, Did I see Cooper Cup go on injured reserve this week? Yes, you did. His ankle. Yeah, I, I saw I saw that and I was like, that can't be real. Uh, but it is. And the, then the Rams continue to just have a disappointing season. Uh, listen, I know the Saints were bad and they lost to the Steelers, but they'll be at home. The Rams have been reeling and now they, they don't have the one guy that was pulling them through their games. I'm actually going with the Saints at home here uh, beating the Rams I know the Rams are the reigning Super Bowl champs but they have not looked like it and I think the Saints find a way a way to win a weird one in New Orleans 
this is another weird game that I just can't figure out who I want. I'm going with the Rams because I just have a little more confidence in them as a complete team. But even then, there's not a whole lot, and I don't have a lot of confidence in either of these teams. And just seeing the way that the Steelers were able to shut down the Saints and knowing the Steelers haven't had their best year, it's kind of that, like, you know, oh, if this team beats this team, this team beats this team, you try and, like, figure it out. I'm going with the Rams, but this is another one I'm not confident about. The three and six Lions visit your seven and two New York football giants. Jenna, you have been cautiously, not even optimistic. You've just been cautious about, yeah. about your giants. You, you have, they have not given you, you have been nervous about them all season long, but they continue to stack wins. I think they continue to stack here. If someone had told you that the giants would be eight and two at this point, at, at this point of the season, Jenna, you just said that they're drunk, send yep. them home, get them yep. out of here. Don't get that person any more drinks, but I'm telling you right now, they're going to be eight and two after this week. because They're beating the Detroit Lions. I'm going with this too. And again, cautiously optimistic here. I was seeing some reports, the, you know, Lions love being an underdog. Aiden Hutchinson's all excited to have all this hate directed towards him going to New York. Yeah. Welcome to New York because Saquon Barkley is going to run all over you. <laughs> On to the four o'clock games. Two and seven Raiders at the three and six Broncos. The Raiders just lost to the to Jeff Saturday led Colts. They seem to be in shambles. Derek Carr is crying after the game, and not to make fun of him, it's just that's how passionate he is and everything. But I'm sorry, the Broncos actually have a defense. The Raiders don't. I don't trust either of these offenses, but I trust the Broncos defense to make enough plays to win this game in Denver. What say you? That's exactly my decision here is I just look at both of these offenses are abysmal, but the Broncos defense is coherent and the Raiders just what what's going on. And after a loss like that to Jeff Saturday, who a lot of people aren't especially happy with has the head coaching position, given his background and things along those lines, uh, you're kind of just once that happens, you're just kind of reeling a little bit. I don't like either of these teams, but the Broncos defense to me is what's going to get it done here. It's going to be a gross game. It's going to be like there's going to be no point scored. Take the under in this game because that's what I'm expecting. Same here. Cowboys at Vikings. A lot of people have this as their game of the week uh, with these two teams fighting for fighting for position. The Vikings had one of the wins of the season, maybe the win of the season, by beating the Bills last week in spectacular fashion. But I think they're going to be riding too high off of that. I think that they had a lot of things bounce their way. I think it's time for the, the Cowboys defense to make some plays, Kirk Cousins to make some mistakes, and the Cowboys get the win on, win on the road. What say you? Wow. I'm going back and forth here with this one. This is another one that was kind of tough for me. I'm going with the Vikings because, I mean, yes, they've had a lot of luck. And, yes, they've won a lot of really good games. But they're still finding ways to win those close games. And I think that's a really good sign of a good team is not only are they winning, but they're winning close games. And being able to kind of gut it out knowing, hey, if we're down at the end. Also, Justin Jefferson, my goodness. I mean, he just had himself – uh, he's he's a career he's a career day seemingly like every game but this week was just like oh my goodness he just did everything right and again I think that continues this will be a fun one for sure but yeah I'm going with the Vikings a little uncertain about it though yeah no I feel you there we have three splits this week this is gonna be very interesting all right we'll get to Steelers Bengals in a bit but uh real quickly the night games seven and two Chiefs at five and four Chargers Chargers just continue to be middling I'm going with the Chiefs I just I don't have any reason to have confidence in the Chargers no and yes it's at home for the Chargers I believe but I just yeah it is but I think I mean the Chiefs offense what else do you need to say they're coming into their own I know there are some injury questions with Juju Smith-Schuster and some of the other wide receivers that got banged up and people that are dealing with concussions but I still think they have so many weapons. Patrick Mahomes at the end of the day is still Patrick Mahomes, and this Chiefs team should win this game. It should be interesting, though. It should be interesting. Five and four Niners at four and six Cardinals on Monday Night Football. 
the I think Jimmy Garoppolo has one of the world's has like the best winning percentage ever in games that he hasn't thrown a touchdown. It's so bizarre, but I think that's why the Niners win. They're just going to run the ball all game. The, the the Cardinals are just inconsistent right now, and the Niners find a way to win on the road. Uh, do you agree with me there, Jenna? Are we going for a fourth split this week? No, we're staying the same on this one. Yeah, the Niners. I mean, their defense is obviously what their defense is, but they can run the ball. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have to throw the ball, and that opens up so much more for that offense. I just think Carol or not Carolina. Um, oh my Arizona. There we go. Yeah. Going through all the states. What are we You're doing? I, I think the Cardinals to me are still kind of just, I don't know who they are. And to say that about a team this late in the season just shows kind of the lack of consistency they have. Yeah. I'm going with the Niners here. All right. We're getting the Steelers Bengals in just a minute. So stay tuned for that. But first we got to talk to you guys about our sponsors at bet online. Of course, bet online, the number one place to go for all your odds, your, all your sports all your sports betting lines, all your betting stats and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and, and news, including everything on the NFL. You got the NBA getting in full swing. The NHL is in full swing. And you're going you're gonna to have World Cup stuff coming up soon. It's going to be an awesome time to be betting on sports right there. And the best place to learn about how to bet on sports and all the lines and information is at BetOnline. BetOnline, your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to their website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends of the action when you visit BetOnline, where the game starts. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm Chris Carter. She's Jenna Harner. It's time to talk Steelers-Bengals again. Jenna, the Bengals are coming for revenge. They want to – They want to. They, they, I, I, I've said this before. I talked about this yesterday on the crossover Thursday with James Rapine of uh, Locked On Bengals. But, you know, he talked about this as like a must-win game for the Bengals because if they lose this game, they're 0-4 in the division, they're 5-5, five and five, and their second half of the season – looks bleak because they got the Chiefs, they got the Titans, they got a lot of tough teams coming up. They still got to play the Ravens again. They've got a they've got the Bills coming up. They've got a lot of tough tough teams down the stretch and they need to get the wins where they can otherwise they could be teetering with the, with with playoff uh, with, with missing the playoffs after being a Super Bowl uh appearing team last year. Now, the Steelers also though are in must win situations. Basically every every week's must win until the Steelers get into positive territory uh which might be quite some time, but Jenna, if the Steelers are to win, what's the biggest factor in them doing so? And give us your turning points of the game and what your final score prediction is. If the Steelers are going to win, they need to stop the run. In particular, limit Joe Mixon. That is how you are going to win this game. She's smart, ladies and gentlemen. I think. I try. But that's how you won it week (laughs) one. He was limited. Joe Burrow came out threw the ball, they got takeaways, they applied pressure, and they forced him to be very uncomfortable. And when you have a quarterback, and yes, it was week one, so you kind of throw a couple things out, but that is going to be the recipe for success for the Steelers. And obviously, with the loss of Jamar Chase, I haven't been entirely updated. I don't anticipate him playing this week at all. He's not supposed to, no. Yeah, as of right now, I don't believe he's supposed to play. So that's taken a little bit of the offensive weapons away, of course, and we know that Tyler Wood and T. Higgins can be so explosive, and Joe Burrow obviously loves finding them, but we heard Mike Tomlin talk about it earlier this week about how that deep, that offense has relied a lot more on Joe Mixon, and I mean, what was it, a couple weeks ago we had the five-touchdown game? Yeah. yeah. If he's scoring multiple touchdowns, the Steelers will not win this game, so if stopping the run is going to be crucial. They were able to limit Alvin Kamara last week. I think good things can be 
brought on there. And again, having a guy like Micah Fitzpatrick back, if that is going to be the case, does nothing but elevate this defense. Unfortunately, I do think the Bengals win this Ooh. game. I know, I know. I was going against the Steelers. Don't, don't come for me, Steelers fans. I just think looking on paper, the Bengals are a better team. This is going to be a game, I think, where they're going to just be ahead by this much constantly. I think it is going to be there's going to be a rushing touchdown from Joe Mixon just because of how talented he is. And I think the Steelers defense in the run game has shown progress. But again, you know, I have to see it to believe it and see consistency to believe it. So I think the Bengals win this game 27-20. I think one of those Steelers touchdowns, though, is a defensive score in some way, or it's a defensive takeaway that sets the Steelers offense in really good red zone position to be able to score. But with the Steelers struggles also in the red zone as of late for me, I just don't have enough confidence in this offense to go against a really explosive Bengals offense. But the way the Steelers can win this game, again, limit Joe Mixon, but also if the offense can put up points in the red zone, if you can get into the red zone and come away with a touchdown or with a field goal, obviously you'd rather the touchdown, but can they score touchdowns in the red zone? That's how you stay competitive in this one. So I agree with you that the biggest key is to stopping Joe Mixon. They limited him to three yards per carry on 27 rushes last game, and that was huge to stop the Bengals and force Joe Burrow to be one-dimensional. I'm going to add to that, though. My turning point and my key factor here is the Steelers' rushing offense getting going. The Bengals have a very middling rushing defense. The Steelers have the sixth-best rushing defense in the NFL right now. That's way up from where they were dead last last year, and I think that this is where the difference comes is that Najee Harris is able to – and, and Jalen Warren, they're both going to get, I think, their good their good handle of touches. And I think what, what you're going to see in this game is the Steelers, I think, their defense wins early and wins often, and it gives the Steelers' offense enough space to build a slim lead. Now, here's the thing. They won't get f- five turnovers again. But I do think what the what the Steelers defense does is they get them turnovers, like you said, that gets them a lead. And the Steelers offense, they possess the ball. What allowed the Bengals to come back last time was that they literally possessed the ball for 43 minutes to the Steelers 26 minutes. That means they possessed the ball for longer than a quarter more than the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't think that happens this time. The Steelers have been much better with time of possession of late. I think that that when the Bengals, they eventually figured things out. Remember TJ Watts back. I said yesterday on the show on crossover Thursday, I, I went multiverse like, like in the MCU. And I said, if big of Patrick's not back, they lose. But if big of Patrick is back, they win. And it seems like he's going to be back. I'm sticking with that. I think the Steelers win. We'll go. 26 20 i think the steelers get a dub at home and it sets a new tone for the for the second half of the season uh with their first win streak of the season being at four and six i think this all happens because they run the ball well and then late in the game joe burrow's not going to have the run game to depend on tj watt's going to pin his ears back him and alex highsmith are going to get some sacks some strips some fumbles and that's going to be what puts the Bengals out of this game. There we have, we got four splits this week in our pits this week, Jenna. It's going to be, this is a chance to make some real ground here. And I'm going to be up, I'm going to be up ahead of you next week. So I'm excited to see how that plays out. Now, yeah, yeah, she see, I, I see you too. Don't worry. Don't yeah. worry about it. Well, we'll see how this one goes. We'll see how uh, we're sitting here next week, what we're talking about. <laughs> Certainly we will. Uh, but thanks again, Jenna Harner, for joining us on Fridays here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. Let me know you can find you, follow and get more of your work. Well, thank you so much for having me as always. It's always such a joy to be here on Fridays. You can find me on Twitter at Jenna Harner 11, Instagram Jenna underscore Harner and on WPXI channel 11 throughout the weekend. Um, And of course, you know, Steelers coverage, all those types of things. Um, 
Chris and I will be doing Friday night skylights, high school football, uh, really exciting uh, championship games this weekend, but also semifinals, lots of uh, really intense playoff matchups. So definitely tune in for that Friday night. Absolutely do tune in to Skylights. Go Westinghouse Bulldogs, by the way. Uh, and check out Jenna has a special story on Westinghouse. It's going to be awesome. Go, so do check out Skylights for that. But I'm Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Check out this show, Locked On Steelers, on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed it. Subscribe to the channel for our daily Monday through Friday episodes. I'll be back Monday or Sunday night even, possibly, with our breakdown and reaction to the game right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Thanks again for checking us out. Back next week after the game.